Today's daf is daf Yud Bet, and we begin quite a few lines down, but by the next uh, by the next halacha, the next the next Mishnah. So it begins as follows: Beishamarim ein notin onin shel pishdan letoch hatano elekadeshi yavhilu miberd yom. So what's this mean? Again, this seems to follow the debate we saw between Bet and Hila regarding activities you do on Shabbos, an erev Shabbos that might actually be performed on Shabbos itself. Okay, we saw the two ways of understanding it. Meaning, is it Machlok regarding Shvitat Kalim, that's where the Bartanura explained it. We're seeing Reb Chaim regarding the, whether if a Malachi begins on Shabbos, Shabbos, that would be the problem going to Beit Shammai. So what's the issue with Beit Shammai here? What are these, not, what are these Unim Shel Pishtan? These Unim Shel Pishtan are bundles of flax. The flax themselves have already been beaten out, and they put it in a pot, like a, a big t- in, in a Tanur, and the process would heat up and then effectively whiten it. That's a whitening process. So Malabit, that's one of Malachi on Shabbos. And what's Mishiav Hilu? I mean, it has to already start heating up. Okay, um, However, it's simply and I'm going to put um, wool in this uh, in this big bowl of that in order for the dyeing process. Unless it sort of takes the dye starts starts taking the color. Okay, so the dyeing process. We'll see what this actually means in the Gemara in a minute. But now, uh, Beit Hillel says, Beit Hillel, however, is Matirim. He's got no problem. And let's have a look at the Gemara now. Beit Mitani. Now, what's the question, Mao Mitani? So, Reb Chaim says, when it says Mishavilu, whenever he starts heating up, my time is Shari. Why is it even water? Meaning, all you've done is heated up the water. It's gotten warm, but what benefit has it done to the Pishtan? So, interesting here. So, we say the Gemara says, Amaravavahu kgon ilin. Now, it seems to be the the shot here is there are people the Anshei Ha'ariot. They're not makbidim. In other words, they're not makbid on the. It sounds like the extent of which you are heating this up for this to get this Muluban state. Meaning, their uh, quality standard is low, I guess lower. So, what what advantage does that have? Either it's considered already finished, which is great, which is exactly like the way the Bet Neimosha said, or it's already considered as if it's already Hitchil Malacha, okay, which fits in the way Rav Chaim is explaining it. So if you have a look, he says, And that's again the way Rav Chaim explains Shittat, um, Shittat or Bet Shammai. Okay. Now, Rav Yehuda B'Shem Shmuel says, V'hishti hayora akura it must be that the whole, this whole big vat, or if you're not that, this big pot has already been taken off the fire. If it was still on the fire, then it'd be Asura. Then you wouldn't be able to leave it going through into Shabbos. Why? One would be concerned that maybe what's going to happen, the water is going to evaporate and, and, uh, and ruin your dying process. The whole Mosif Maya. And what's he going to do? He's going to start adding water. And if you add water to this pot and Shabbos, you're being of your ambition. So it's a bit like our concerns of Shemichte, but Kechalim is seen by other cooking process, but it's quite the opposite. You might add more product into it, so it won't ruin it. Okay, Rav Shmuel B'Shem Rav Aval said, So why does Beit Hillel say it's okay to do these things on Erev Shabbos? Because he's learned from Melechet Isur, meaning, meaning by simply... Um, put this onish or in this in the tanur, this uh, again this, this flax in the oven, or you start adding the this wool into the into the dying pot. We say that uh, that would be aso. So therefore, to kavate asi, if you did that on erev yontov, it will be mutar. In other words, you see they go hand in hand. What does that mean? They go hand in hand. He will read Reb Chaim. He says, "Ba'la fresh table de beit hilo." 
these bundles of flax you can put in Chashecha before Shabbos. Because you did that on Shabbos, despite the fact if it happened on its own, meaning it started warning up on Acharkach. So therefore, what? Ella, what's he proving by this point? Ella kol holech achar ma'asav. The whole thing is dependent on the action itself. Did you do a ma'aseh on Shabbos or not? Meaning, just as just as placing these unim shilpishtan in this yorah on Shabbos would be a ma'aseh that's asur, therefore I'm doing the ma'aseh before Shabbos, therefore it should be mutar, the two go down a hand. The tekevata asakim b'avyom, afalpisha, he healed despite the fact he may have heated up on Shabbos itself, Everything goes on to what's called the Masa Biyadaim. The action the person does, does themselves, Jasa Ken Erev Shabbos. They did so before Shabbos. Okay? That's Beishama. In other words, Beishama, it doesn't, doesn't matter if things are occurring on their own. It's what the, when you did the Masa, Masa Biyadaim. Okay, let's continue. Um, next halacha. You cannot start setting up traps before um, Shabbos unless you can be assured that animal animal will be trapped what on Arab Shabbos itself. Okay. Well, Beit Hill says he's matir. It's fine because once again the mice you're doing is beforehand and then it's getting trapped on Shabbos. Um, if it gets on Shabbos, it's not a problem. Um, now let me share this uh, screen with you because this is the the ikar of this sugya what we're going to be learning now. Did I share the right screen? You can see it. Yes. Um, it is a Mishnah actually in Masechta Beitza. And the reason why we're going to basically starting a Mishnah Beitza, and you might think, what's it got to do with here? Well, it does, because we can't get to understand Shita Beit Shammai in a moment. Uh, you'll see it. See it. Now, Mishnah there says, So if you set up traps on Erev Yomtov for wild animals, birds, or fish, you cannot start taking your, like the animals are trapped on Yomtov itself. And then can unless you know she that you know that if, but with certainty these things were caught Neravyonto. Otherwise, on Yonto, what the what's the problem? The problem is Mukta. Okay? The issue is Mukta. Okay, again, this is, really works with Beit Hillel. It says, no, it's not the problem of being trapped per se, but you can't mistapek mehem, you cannot start taking these animals from the traps because they were tra- they weren't prepared from Eravyonto to Yonto. So it's also Mishra Mukta. Now the question is, how do you know me modia? How do you know that these animals were trapped on Yontov or not? So um, it says, Im hamatsuda, if the trap was already uh, indica- it was ruined. So in other words, the indication the animal was caught in and thrashed about. Devar bari, it's clear. If not, then we say, Im lo nitkal hamatsuda, devar bari Okay, so this is, uh, this is two ways to really understand this, but I will explain Rab Chaim. And he explains, he starts explaining the Korbanet slightly differently, because it sounds like it sounds like you're uh, checking before Yontov, but he's saying no, actually, Rukhaim says he's actually checking Yontov itself. So let me explain, I'll read you inside. He says that, um, I'll read you, he says, porosim they used to make these traps, these big nets, but it wasn't in one location. It spread across or mila chatzimil, like a very, very long uh, long uh, range. Vim noflot chai barosho, if an animal got caught in the trap at one end, because it would thrush about uh, um, since it's trying to thrush about to get out of it, you'd see indications of this from the other the other side of it. Okay? And it's going to be moved from its, the place where it was set. Okay? If you come on Erev Yontav and you can see that the 
the trap is already mekulkal at one end. You know that the, that an animal is called there before Eregontov. In other words, what's happening? You don't know for certainty if there's an animal trapped in it because these traps stretch over a very long um, region. But since you can, if you come on Eregontov, the way Rukhaim is saying that, by the way, Kormaneta says you actually come on Yontov itself. But the way Rukhaim says, if you come on Eregontov and you see indications from that, the part where you are, that the trap has been triggered, if you like, then you know that an animal is caught before Yontov, and therefore you can, when you're on Yontov, you can go and get, retrieve that animal. Okay, that's what it sounds like. Um, and by the way, it's it's kind of easier if um, if uh, you explain it like uh, Rukhaim that uh, it's like if you come on Yontov and you see the trap has been uh, uh, triggered or used. But anyway, so now, because the Gemara says, you'll see why, see why it's easy, easy in a moment, because the next question in the Gemara says, even if you come and see the trap was already triggered, um, sorry, how do you know the animal's really trapped prior to Yontav? Now, if you explain right, Corbin, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you come on Yontav and you see the trap's already been triggered, then how do you know maybe the animal's caught, you know, minutes into Yontav? You've come, you've come in the morning of Yontav. But however, quite to what Reb Chaim says is that you've actually inspected this on Erevion and you see the trap's been triggered. Now, the question is, he's saying, how do you know that maybe that one part of the trap was triggered by an animal, but another animal caught in that big, long stretch of trap? So how, even if the, the trap itself seems to be offset, if you like, on Erevion, if you witness it, you don't know if all the animals caught, caught in this big expanse of a netting or this big expanse of, a tra- of, a, of trapping um, is uh, is that animal that triggered it on Erev Yontif? It could be another one that got caught in later on. Okay? That's the way Rokhaim explains it. That's why I say it's a bit easier maybe like Korbanator. But let's continue. So we say, no. Amra Yossi Barbun, the Pores, you're making this net, Bechorshin. Now what a Chorshin, this means in, a, in like a forest, meaning where you laid the traps in is in a location where there's a lot of animals. So I read you Rav Chaim, he says, in a big forest, there are lots of animals there. And it's clearly here where Rav Chaim explains it, that it is, that it's a, like, it only has room to catch one or two. Then it's quite clear because there's a, lot, a large frequency of animals and, and it's quite clear that it was caught before Yontov. Therefore, you can be certain that they're all trapped. Anything in there was trapped before Yontov. Had I not seen that the traps were already like uh, then I should be that it was trapped on Yontov itself. Okay? Um, by the way, again, it's much easier according to Corbinator because, again, in a place where there's a high frequency of animals, even you check the next day, you can say, oh, and, it, and, and an animal's caught, you can be quite certain it got caught before Yontov. That's another way of explaining it. Now, why are we bringing this in our sugya? I'm going to jump a bit in the, go back to the Rav Chaim. He says, Let's say you cannot lay traps on Erev Shabbos unless, you, unless the animal will get trapped on Erev Shabbos. That was our Mishnah. And you can ask the same question. But how does Beit Shammai even allow you to set a trap? How do you know an animal is going to be caught Bichlal? If he says, if there's such a chashash, the animal's not caught before Shabbos, you can't even lay a trap, then how can you ever lay a trap? How do you know the animal's going to get caught? So once again, just like 
the ants important natural get is Bukhorshin, a place where there's a high uh, frequency of animals and, you, and it's almost certainly going to catch an animal. So too, we can explain our Mishnah when the Beit Shammai is saying that Elim can, unless you know the animal is going to be caught, be caught before Shabbos, meaning the Metzias is. This animal will certainly be caught before Shabbos. That's the only situation Beit Shammai allows you to lay a trap on Erev Shabbos. So again, Beit is Erev Yontav. So, sorry, he's is, is talking about Yontav. You were talking about Shabbos. Okay, and also different considerations. Again, the Beit's concern is Mukta, whereas um, Beit Shammai here is because you know that your traps can't trap animals for you on Shabbos. Um, fine. Now, Teda Lachaken, so let's go back. We're still learning a mission in Beitza. I can prove to you that's the case. That's not, it says Dagin, it's referring to fish. But Dagin, and Dagin, usually when they try and catch fish, it's almost with certainty, it's like an area where there's a high frequency or uh, a fish flowing in that area or high volume. And so too, so the, the parallel would be, it must be in the case in Mesefta Beitza, it's only a place where there's a high frequency of um, is a high certainty you're going to catch an animal. Okay, now let's continue. In that Mishnah, as you have still got on the screen, he says, What it seems to be here, what happens is, is an incident where a Nochri bought some fish for Rabban Gamliel. The Amar, he says, They are muta. But I don't want to take them. Right? You know, this was Machmer on himself. Okay, so the Gemara now says, Rabbi it says, um, Rabbi Itkin Lahalacha. That, that, what Rabbi Gamal says, Lahalacha, and Sabri Maymar Mutar Limachar. And what's the, the, the Habimina? When he says they're Mutarim, what does it mean, Rabbi Gamal says, Mikardim, I can take these fish? It means they're Mutar, not on, on Yontav or Shabbos, Yontav itself, but the next day. Why? I read you Rabbi Chaim. He says, the Ilu B'Shabbos, or Shabbos as well, Asu Mishum Nolad. Meaning, if it was on, if, oh, I can't take the fish from the Nochri on Shabbos or Yontav because he may have caught it on Shabbos. Do you love Hachi? Because if not, we've got what's called a Maiseli store. Because we just saw the case in, in, in um, Mesekta Beitza, in the, in the ratio of that Mishnah. In the ratio, it says, no, you can't have fish and the like that are caught on Shabbos, in, uh, caught on Yontav, unless you know it was caught beforehand. Okay, so then you've got a mace of Raman Gamliel that the, the Nochri brought in fish. Okay, and the Gemara now says, is that so the so the the of the Gemara is this mace is coming to support that the ratio, it's not time to contradict it. So, therefore, it must mean that what that when he can when he can it's mutar not to eat because you're not allowed to have animals that are caught on on Shabbos Yomtev, so it must be mutarim after. So let me, let me continue. Despite the fact that he may have caught them on Shabbos, and the chidush of the meiser that comes all the same for that mishnah is to teach us that Rabbi Gamal says that even though you're not allowed to eat them, nonetheless you can makabel from the nochri, you can receive it from him. Because at the end of the day it's a suffix, we don't really know if this nochri caught it on Shabbos or Yontav. Therefore, it's a misafik. We say you can keep, you can, you can accept it, but we're still machmer not to eat it. But we're not safik, we're not machmer, so kulo you can you can't even accept it at all. So you'll be able to eat it, Kadeshiyasu, if we say after Shabbos Kronkev itself. Now, now Rev Chizkiah, however, says no. Rev Chizkiah says that, and the Rebbe, the Uziel Bereid Rav Chunya, he says, the Brat Chavron, that's the place, Mutari Mamash. What it seems to be here, is mutari mamash? Is that what Rabban Gamliel is being cholak 
Rabban Gamliel says, no, it's actually that you're allowed to accept it, you're allowed to eat it as well. Why? Savri Meimar, we assume to say that what, what's opinion of Rabban Gamliel, that he's been cholek, because he holds sveikan hetiru. Because it's only really a suffix muchan, it's a suffix mukta, if you like. Therefore, he said you're allowed to accept it and you're allowed to eat it. So therefore, you've got what's called, it have to say there's like a chisur mechasra, meaning there's something missing in that Mishnah. That um, I'll show you here um, with Rukhaim. Yeah, Chasra After we mention the Rashi Maturat Chayva of Ella, in other unless you, it says you know the Asu Alekin Yosem Yontov, the Erev Yontov. Rabbi Gamliel Matir and Rabbi Gamliel's Matir. Why Kolomar Misafik Matir? If it cause in also the Rashi itself it be Cholek, meaning Rabbi Gamliel seems to be now being Cholek on the Rashi. That's the way this 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 second way of understanding this, that Mishnah is. That really, while the, the Chachamim say, the Tanakama says, Safik Muchan's Asl, therefore you can't eat from these traps on Yontav unless you know it's being caught on Erev Yontav. And, and, and Ramagama says, no, it's a, it's a Safik Muchan, a Safik Mukta, and it's Muta, and there's a Mesa where Ramagam even accepted it. Okay? However, we're not done yet. Because Rabbi Hanani of Rabbi Yonatan says, Traveo Amri no Safik Hachen is Asur, and Rabbi Yochanan, Safik Hachen is Muta. There's a machlok at whether Safik Mukta is Asur or Muta or not. And it says, Rav Chia Ruba Rabbi Shimon, Shimon Berebi says, Chadamar ha goitzarich hachen, vechranama ena goitzarich hachen. Now, what is a goitzarich hachen or not? Explain Rav Chaim, he says, Ein bishibiyade yoch tzarich hachana be'erev Shabbos. A goi doesn't need, in other words, content of muktzah doesn't apply to anything that relates to a goi. Why? Elafilu nolad b'shabbos muta. Meaning, keivan dilidei sharletzot. Since for a goi, it's muta to go hunting. Therefore, everything, if you like, is not considered mukta for him because it's all in his um, capacity to go and hunt or trap. And what are we doing now? Why are we bring this machlok of whether a whether a mukta applies to the ma'isa goy, if you like? It says because we can say what This is almost the third way of understanding that mission now in Meaning, really, Rabban Gamaliel agrees with the Chachamim that Safik Mukta is Asr. So if you if you go and look at your traps on Yontav and you see an animal caught in that, but you don't know if it was caught in Yontav, then Safik Mukta would be Asr. However, the case of Anochri is different. Do Alam Safik Asr, Elba Nochri Mutar. When it comes to Anochri, though, that would be Mutar. Velo Pligia Tanakam and Rabban Gamaliel is not Cholik on the Tanakam, because in the Saif, we're talking about Safik Mukta that relies, sorry, Mukta, if you like, that applies to a guy. The fact that the goy caught fish, we don't say it's mukta because the concept mukta doesn't apply to anything related to a goy, according to that opinion. And therefore, he could accept it and he could eat it on, on Yonta, that which he received from the goy. He could have, but again, it was machmer on himself because he said, if you remember the Mishnah, okay. So now, let's go back to that point. So, Rabbi Roba, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Actually, we don't know which shita held what. Which, now, you know, Rabbi Roba or Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi, which hold that it's goit sarichachen, and which one says it doesn't sarichachen. So, Madam Rabbi, Ma'ani Maiti Kumei Rabbi Roba. That which Rav was late. He was late in coming to Rabbi Roba. Vuhu Amarle Han Havita. Where were you? What's what's the delay? He said to him, What? There was a shayara, a caravan that came past. And I was able to eat from these beautiful ta'inim. Now, this is a, a shayara of Nochrim. And if you think if you think about it, we'd had figs, that's a suffix bucham. We don't know if they were picked on Shabbos or not, on Yontav or not. And, and what? He didn't 
And Rabbi Rubin said, what are you doing at Asur? He seemed to accept it. So he must be that the products of a Nochri are considered Muktzah. I mean, it doesn't apply to it because ain't Okay. He brought some sort of uh, fruit. The guy brought him some fruit and he ate it. Okay. So one time Rabbi Yeshua went there. And they brought him Darmaskina. And he didn't eat. And he went before his Rebbe and told him. So Amar lay. Uh, no, leave him alone, the one that ate. De, why? Do nahi beshita te derebisimai. Derebisimai in goit serechachen. In other words, he's machminote. But don't don't bring a, a stira from the, the, the Talmud of Rabbi Simai. Because again, he's a Talmud of Simai. Rabbi Simai shita to hold in goit serechachen. Let's continue. Rabbi Ovahu b'shem Rabbi Yoshua. Now, Isaac seems to be Eder says, why bring the case of Rabbi Ovahu? Because we're trying to say that's the Talmud of Rabbi, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. Okay? That said it's, that it's asu. Right, it says Beshem Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. It says Dam, sorry, Dam Maniot, Dam Tamaniot, Shebekerem. Now, what's this mimpri? It says there Anavim. Hen Anavim Shehem Zavot Mashke. These are some sort of grapes that seem to drip all these juices, but directly or not, and they fall from the tree. Veim, if you go through a kerem on Yonta, Asurimilalada eat from these uh, grapes that fell on the floor. Sha'ana Umrim, because we have to assume that they're they fell on Yonta. So therefore, what's this din? The fact that the Asurut means, once again, it's Safek Hachin. It's a, only a Safek. You don't know if it fell on Yom Tov or not. So it must be according to the Shita here that Safek is, that it's a Safek Hachin is Asur. Okay? So Rabbi Baal B'Shem, Rav says, Shitzin Shebekafim Harei Elu Mutarim. So Rabbi Chaim says, what is Shitzin Shebekafim? He says, Klom Tmarim, these are dates. Shebeitzim V'Shebekafim. So in the trees or the Kafim, Derech Dakalim Zot Ika, it says, they have on palm trees, they've got these thorns, and they're quite painful, these thorns, if they go into your leg. That happened to me once, right? And has thorns. That's a shatzim. They refer to kifim. So the shatzim, the kifim, are the, um, the thorns and the branches and the like on, this, uh, on the palm tree. And when the wind blows, what happens is the tmarim, they fall, and sometimes they get caught in those thorns and the like. And it says, since it's the derech to stay there for many, many days, they get caught there and not and don't get dislodged. And we say with Statalin, you can assume those ones were Me'arab Yontav and their mutar. Okay, let's continue. Next halacha. I can get rid of this. This mission thing now. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so Bechamarim, Ain Mokrim Lanochri Velotoninimo, Velom Magbihin Alav, Ela Kadesh Yagiul Makom Karo. So here the issue is you're not allowed to load up a nochri, help him um, with the products in your house, or give him, sell him, or give him stuff, put on his, to load him up. Unless he's able to get to a makom karov before Shabbos. Now what's the issue? The issue, I'll read you the, the uh, Pnei Moshe here. He says, the issue is which is the Rebbe Chaim explained initially, because it seems like you help him to walk on Shabbos. Even if it's not, in, in other words, the issue is not Shvidat Kalim here, but rather Mishu because it looks like the Nokri is doing a job for you and doing Malachah for you on Shabbos, which is Malachah of carrying. Okay? Um, however, Beit Hillel says it's Murtad, not a problem. So, one second, Beit Shammai says, so now, the Gemara asks, what do you mean a close place? which is Kagon min This is from two different places, so to here, that would be the case. 
Now, what's interesting here, the Mepharshim say, I'm not sure, Reb Chaim says, It's not clear what he was referring to, okay? But uh, in other words, when it's also here, that's a similar type of measure. In other words, he said in another context, Reb Chaim says, not clear exactly what that context was. Okay, next thing you Some There's different machlok in the Beit what it requires, either he gets, he can, he's not, he can get home, or to his city. Okay, Rabbi Kivo Merhaba says no. Now, Rabbi Kivo, see, see here, is actually explaining Shittat Rabbi Beit Hillel. Meaning, he says, Meaning, even according to Beit Hillel, it's not, an, it's, it's not as if he lets him, lets, you, you can load up the Nochri, and the Nochri can walk out of your house in the middle of Shabbos. No. He has to, you have to make sure he's left your house before Shabbos. In other words, uh, and, and that's why Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi In other words, that in the Mishnah would seem to be didn't have that uh, qualifier on Shida Beit Hillel. That was Rabbi Yossi and Amishnu. Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Kiva's Bala Achrial Dibre Beit Hillel. You know, Rabbi Kiva's not presenting an opposing opinion. He's explaining, he's just explaining that, no, the Machlok Beit Shammai Beit Hillel, the Beit Hillel agrees that at least the Nokri has to leave the house before the onset of Shabbos. Okay, let's continue. Einon in goy almanat let's say. You're not allowed to give a goy anything on Shabbos on condition he takes out of your house. In other words, even Ben Hillel agrees with that because you're not allowed to get him to do a malach if you're on Shabbos. Okay? Um, it says, You're not allowed to even assist him to do it. Okay? And similarly, we'll see why we're bringing these two cases in a minute. Um, okay? Natal, however, if he just took it the outside and one on his own, you don't have to stop him. Similarly, you can't give an animal food like almanat, almanat, let's say, in order to take it outside. However, if an animal just comes in Natal and takes it, the outside went outside, now why are we mentioning that the, the union of a dog and a and, and a goy in this in this context? This is important. He says, first, agrees with this. Like I said, Natal Natal if you put in front of him, the Natal and the goy took it, Viatsa, and he goes out, Ainzakukla, Mano, you don't have to stop him. Now, Bachin Bakelev as well. Dilab Hachi. Why are we talking about a Nochri and a, and a Kelev? Dilab Hachi, Asuli ten Mazanot Lifnea Kelev, otherwise we won't be able to give it for a dog. Uba Akum as well. Nami Mipnesha Nasim, the Fanasim Anea Makum, Im Anea Israel, Mipne Darke Sholom, Khalev Kshat Mazanon Allah. In other words, what's the rationale that you can even do this? What's the rationale that you can say, oh, there's a difference that I give it to him or just put it on the table and if he takes it, he takes it? In other words, there seemed to be some sort of leniency built into it because what's called mazanotan alecha, meaning your dog give a responsibility to feed it. Similarly, well, I shouldn't say, it's not that similarly, but in a, but, uh, uh, but the, uh, well, similarly in the sense that there's a, an ex- uh, uh, a, a, a extra justification to allow it, and normally you wouldn't, is because we have a responsibility, not only when we mefarnes, take care of anim, not just Jewish anim, also nochrim as well. And that's mimene darke shalom. In other words, there's a responsibility also to take, and therefore, it's like mezanotan alech, it's like a responsibility to feed this uh, this nochrim. And therefore, that's why we can have this uh, sort of way, I'll just put it on the table, I'm not saying anything, and then you can take it out yourself. Okay? Oh, and he takes it himself. Now, tani umnim shayu osim im Israel. Is in Israel means foreign Israel. So you've got a work, a non-Jewish worker who's doing work at work for you. He says, um, if it's betoch betoch, asur. If he's doing work in your house on Shabbos, that's asur. Or betoch by them, if he's doing work for you in his own house, so like uh, you give him something to repair or something, then it's mutar. When that's the case, that's only bikibolet. 
That's when it's a fixed price contract, meaning whenever you return it back to me, it's fine. And therefore, we can say in that situation, the fact that the guy is working on Shabbos is his own, uh, it's his own uh, consideration. I mean, um, he could have worked on a Sunday, he could have worked on Monday, he decided to work on Shabbos, fine, he could work on Shabbos. In other words, I've, I've sent it off to the repair uh, factory. Whenever they repair it, it's fine. I'm, I'm paying for the fixed thing. However, if it's a schiriyon, if it's in a situation he's like a, a day pay and you want it back, that it's almost guaranteed to do on Shabbos. No, you can't do that. You can't pay him to do this malacha for you. Now, when do we say that it's shari, it's mutar, biki bullet, meaning by like a fixed pay? That's betalush. That's only referring to something that's not growing from the ground. So it's something you can take to his house. If it's attached to the ground, for example, he's building a house for you or something like that, and it's Rishut Yisrael and Mepharts and Mepharts and people can see the Nochri working beyond Shabbos, then we say, then uh, people won't know if it's a, 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 a key bullet. They'll just assume you'll see he's a paid worker. They won't know the difference. They don't know what your business arrangement is and therefore it's us. And then it Gemara says, but if he's doing it in another location, another city altogether, you've got a holiday house in some sort of city in the middle of nowhere, then it's not a problem whatsoever. Now we say, ma, ma, one second, ma ben kach ben kach. what are you talking about? Ben kach ben kach? So the first assumption is, ben talush, ben I don't care if it's construction work, I don't care if it's uh, uh, like repair work on a, something movable, I don't care if it's ben schir ben mikibolet, it's all going to be mutar as long as it's in a different location. However, Amri Bilai says, absolutely not. Ben, I agree with you, Ben Talush Ben Machubar. The fact that it's a different city is just a, is allows you him to do work for you on something attached to the ground because then people aren't going to put two and two together. It's not someone's not going to be another another city. They oh, I know the owner of this place. Another place this guy must be a paid worker. No, however, nonetheless, it has to be Biki Bullet. It has to be in a, in a in a with a contract such. I'm giving you a fixed pay for the product. Um, because otherwise, he's, you're paying him to do malachah for you on Shabbos. Now, Rabbi Shimon ben Baruka says differently. He says, B'Shabbos, Uba Avel, Uba Badazara. So Shabbos is our situation in terms of not doing work for you. And Avel, someone who's a mourner, also can't get someone to do work for them. And Avodazara, we're talking about if you're working, if you're you're working for a nochri on one of these festivals. And being a Avodazara, there's a lot of things that are asur with respect to relations with the nochri around their festivals that are concerned that they'll end up praising their gods, and you don't want to be the reason for them to engage in Avodazara, really. So, but in, in other words, in all the three cases, halach is like Shimon ben Elazar. Now, what's the case with Shimon Elazar? Because there in the sector of Avodazara, Shimon Elazar says it's actually davkebicha kibolet, and also only batalush. Okay. So in other words, it's the most machmir opinion. It's only in those situations of Iqbalah and Dabka Patalush um, that he'd be able to do work for the Nokri or he'd be able to work for on Shabbos or if in other. Okay, have a good day, everyone. That's it. Mr. Shem will pick up from these uh, these two dots tomorrow. Goes on.